stingy or dusty Anything ragged or rotten or rusty Yes, I love trash If you really want to see something trashy, look at this And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jagos and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, as they traverse the decommissioned medical facility of a crashed Jedi cruiser, The Bad Batch encounter, encounter and it un- <laughs> there's so many words, The Bad Batch encounter. The big ones, sound them out, sound them out, Hope. Encounter... An a an a a n am am good good at at and Wrecker goes crazy. There will be the Hulk is awake in Rex's back, y'all. We're here talking about the Bad Batch episode seven battle scars this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. I love it because me mansplaining and making you sound it out totally totally wrecked my joke that i was going to put in there it was you great. wrecked your it, own joke. i self i self-sabotaged yeah <laughs> what was the joke because when you said they encounter an unexpected threat i'm like unexpected to them <laughs> it was I, bad that was a bad joke you should have wrecked it yeah. with your own <laughs> i some somewhere deep inside me said kill it kill it <laughs> burn it if you have to <laughs> yeah. Ask me how my day was, Chris. Oh, Hope, how did your day go? I was fine. Oh, good. And why? about my day? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Hope has some really cool news, and it's, it's in time gonna, warp mode. It is, it is, because it should already be out by now, but I want to talk about it because I'm super excited about it, and I'm freaking out, and it was a day. Um, but it's, it's it's out by now, so I can definitely talk about it because this is the perks of recording, like, three to four weeks in advance. <laughs> so, um, you guys know at the end of the, every episode, I, you know, where we talk about where people can find us, and I've been talking about how I've been reviewing Amphibia over at the Geeky Waffle. And the last, and, and I've done like all of season three, and the last couple weeks, um, series creator Matt Braley has been very nice and very kind and like leaving like very nice comments on Twitter, just being like, yeah, and, and like one of them, he was like, I read these every week. And I was like, oh my God, Matt, that's amazing. Oh, fuck me. Fuck. And I'm like, oh, I'm beside myself. Jesus Christ. I don't know what to do. And then Candace and Arzu, my lovely friends, wrote me and they're like, hey, Senpai, I noticed you. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> but yes. Um, and then he sent another comment last week and it was all very nice. And I was talking with Candace and Arzu very casually last week. And I was like, yeah, Amphibia's ending in like four or five weeks. Um, and it's very nice that like Matt's been like reaching out and like talking and stuff like that. And 
that he's been reading the articles. And I was like, man, I'm thinking about like maybe like maybe I'll like reach out once the show's over and see if you would like to sit down and talk about it sometime. And I think that'd be fine. And Candace and Arzira are like, yeah, that sounds great. You should. And I was like, yeah, but I, I don't want to like jump the gun and stuff because it's already nice like that he's already reading these and I, I don't want to like get ahead of myself or anything. So I'm just going to play it cool and like see what happens and just continue to keep doing my thing. Guys, flash forward to today. I was working on my podcast outline for this episode when my phone blows up and I just start getting all these Twitter notifications and I look down and I just see like Candace and Arzu in our little Twitter DM chats just being like, hope, 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 hope. And then maybe 10 seconds later, Arzu texts me. And goes, Hope, you better get in the damn fucking DMs right now, girl. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And so I get into our Twitter chat for the Waffles. And lo and behold, we have an email from a nice lady at Disney asking if I would like to interview Matt Braley. And I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, nah, no, thanks. Um, actually, my exact, my exact, that would my, be like boring for me to do. I don't know why you would think I would do that. That's what you said. Let me, let me pull up my exact answer because it's an all cat caps. <laughs> I imagine windows were broken by the sound of your answer. Yes. <laughs> um, my exact answer in all cap was what? Yes. But what? What? I don't know what to do. How do I do the thing? <laughs> that was my. You question. can. You'll. You'll. You'll do. You'll do the thing fine. As. Yeah. A, as they will hear. But so. See. So yeah, Be. I. <laughs> it's out by now, but I'm still freaking out because we're in a time loop of recording like three weeks early. But I'm gonna get to interview Matt Bailey, and I'm very excited about that. And casually freaking out, and had a tiny panic attack today. But it's fine. It's not a panic attack. You know, I just breathed. <laughs> and it was funny because, like, nobody was home, like, because, like, my roommate was at work and, like, everybody was gone. So I immediately turned to my cat and I was like, Carmilla, guess what? Because <laughs> I only had a cat here. Carmilla's like, like, string food? What? What? <laughs> no, Carmilla just kind of looked at me and, like, like, put her head back down. Like, whatever. The human's doing things. <laughs> but I was like, Carmilla, Matt really wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really fun so um i'm very excited and casually panicking as i do and i have to think of some questions so i will be doing that and i'm very excited so that was my day <laughs> i know i'm all excited don't look at me we say in an audio medium where chris can't see my face we don't. Yep. Don't look at me. Though okay. I did hear some. Uh, I guess it's not. I don't know if it's news or it counts as news. But I saw some Star Warsy kind of news. Really? Yeah. And I just thought this was really cool because it very much pertains to the stuff that we do. But according to Entertainment Weekly, Hayden Christensen went back and watched Clone Wars and Rebels to prepare for being in the Kenobi show. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and I actually, I like what he talked about it, too. He said, um, it was interesting. They did a lot with the characters of these shows, and they did further explore their relationship. There was an in there was interesting stuff in there to learn about. It was great fun getting to go back and re-immerse yourself in this world that just continues to grow and become more and more vast. 
interesting. I, ho I, I just I, I hope they write it well. If it, it's if they're going to do stuff like that, that's all I'm holding my finger. But yeah, I still I'm I'm still I'm still making that prediction sometime sometime after Kenobi starts, they'll be like. There'll, there'll be some George Lucas involvement in it. I just, I just, I don't know. I just smell it. I, I can't put a tangible reason on it. I just, you ever seen that video of the guy who's doing the man on the street, walking on the street documentary shot? He's yeah. walking down the street and he's like, a blah, 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 blah. And the blah, blah, blah. And then George Lucas just walks behind oh, him. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and the music is like, Brum. and, that's that's the, that's that's where I'm at right now. Blah 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 blah. What was that? What was that? I smell I I, I smell plaid. Something. And beard conditioner. You didn't ask me how my Easter was. Sorry, I was blowing my nose. How was your Easter? I had a glorious Easter, an evil glorious Easter. Hope. Oh. I had a cute Easter, so you, I, I will palate cleanse. Oh, mine was not Easter. cute. Mine was pornographic and <laughs> glorious. <laughs> all right, all right. Sure. Now do I got you? Now yeah, do yeah. I got you? I'm, I'm roped in. Okay. So hope. Do you remember? And I might have mentioned it on this show that I that I had a, a Facebook group. Of, we have this this local radio barnacle here that was oh, just. Yes. Crashing medical professionals during COVID and I do remember this. Right. Remember that guy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm getting scared now because you, you opened with pornographic. <laughs> I know I had nothing to do with this, but like like you, people got on the horn and were like, you have to see this. Meanwhile, there's this local sort of guy who has a blog. He's a right, super right-wing troll. He hates this same guy because this guy isn't right-wing enough. This guy, like, bad-mouthed Tommy Lauren or whatever, and now he's he was mad at him. Well, this, uh, this guy had a woman come to him and was like, I had, you know, this, this, this guy's... Um, he he just got let back, I believe, into the Mormon church after getting kicked out for indiscretions. And he's and he's got like nine kids. He's a granddad and he's super religious on the air and super like judgmental and blah, blah, blah. Well, he has a has had a reputation for the last 30. Everybody knows two or three women who may have may have hooked up with him or 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 just had him snagged in their DMs like, hey, how's it going, you know? And uh, well, finally someone's come forward and it was the most, it, it, for one, like people are like, yeah, this guy who's exposing him is a horrible, is horrible, maybe even worse than him. But you know that scene in the Godzilla trailers where where the two monsters are converging and the one guy just goes, let them fight. Yeah. It's just like, let them rip into each other and i and it was the most wonderful blog because it was like blah 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 had an affair with this woman and kind of kind of groomed her and stuff i'm not oh my buying, god i'm not buying the grooming stuff because the woman's like in her 40s and married but you know whatever it was a consenting adults thing but she's she's angry over it but 
all ethic, it, it, you know, he's telling the story and I'm reading the story going, well, this is a story everybody in Rochester's heard over and over again. And he's sort of quoting, you know, there were texts and stuff. And I'm like, but it's meaningless unless you have the texts and the dick pics. And then I scroll down and I start seeing the texts. <laughs> and then I start seeing the picture and I'm like, oh, my God, are those his pubes? Are those his pubes? And then the woman like is well, like, you know, forget, this happened guys. to me. Here's my, here's my story. Her story is right out of a porno magazine. It's she goes into all the details and it's also hilariously I, I won't go into I won't go in, I classy as this show is I won't go into um, what what ha, uh, it's n not exciting but there's some humorous moments <laughs> in it and you know they're they're dirty texting to each other and stuff and then at the end of the article on pops the man himself going listen, I don't know what I did to you. And I know I probably did something to you, but I'm an awful person. But please, I have a family, you know, <laughs> please take this down. <laughs> and uh, then the next day, the the, the uh, like county, le one of the county legislators or something was <laughs> guest host on his show. <laughs> so that was my Easter that landed in my lap. And I was just like, you know, we, we started a campaign to, you know, we had people going like, hey, you want this story about this? And we're like, no, nope, we're only doing this on what he said on the air. We're doing it, you know, but it takes an attack from the right. <laughs> One of his own came for him and they were like, yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> so I've just stopped. My whole basement is filled with popcorn and I'm settling in for for that 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 little present that that little egg to hatch from the from my Easter basket. <laughs> <laughs> Evil as it is, it is Schadenfreude. He is a he's a he's a sick man who needs help. But oh boy, it's there's a lot of people in this town that are just like oh yummy yummy yum yum yummy in my tummy. So and yeah. <laughs> I found anyway. Out. So I, I have like like yours is pure yours is pure and awesome mine is evil and twisted but both made us very happy. I have <laughs> another I do have week. another like pure and awesome story from my Easter too. Oh, excellent. I here's everyone's palate cleanser from that. Um so we had Easter at my aunt's house and it was bittersweet cuz it was the first time like all the family got together since my grandfather passed away back in October. So it was a very like bittersweet thing. And like I made like my papa's recipe for like sweet potato casserole and it was very nice. And as we were eating, I found out that my little like eight year old nephew has been watching Clone Wars. And so I and, and I kind of like I was playing Koya first and I was like, oh, Asher, that's so cool. And it's like, I've seen Clone Wars. And he was like, really? Like, and then he started like quizzing me about clones and I was playing it really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's cool, too. And finally, he was like, do you know what an arc trooper is? And I just smiled. and I, it, It's actually relevant to the Bad Batch. I leaned in and I was like, do you mean arc troopers like five and echo in this season three episode where Camino's being invaded by the separatists and General Grievous and Asajj Ventress? And his little eyes got big. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know what an arc trooper is. And then yeah. like, I lifted my leg and I pointed to my tattoo, which, you know, if, if anybody doesn't know, I have a Rex tattoo on my ankle. 
And I was like, and this is my Captain Rex tattoo. And he was like, Captain Rex is my favorite. And then he like spent like the next like 30 minutes telling me all the reasons why Rex is his favorite. <laughs> it was a delightful Easter dinner, guys. Yeah. That it's sounds a- like the question. That sounds like the question and answer period at the end of that Clone Wars panel back at Dragon Con oh, when all the little from kids a- were all asking those questions. Years ago. Oh, yeah. Drama- Back in 1944, I believe it was. God, 2009 was so long ago. I was still in Jeez. college. Still in fucking college. <laughs> but yeah, so that was really sweet and it was nice. And and then when I was like watching this episode, I was like, oh, Asher's gonna be so excited when he gets to Bad Batch and like meet Rex. And I was like, and I was telling my like his mom my. He, my cousin once removed um so i was telling his mom who is my cousin and i was like you guys need to watch rebels next because he's gonna love it <laughs> trust me when you get to season two you gotta watch rebels next yeah yeah so, yeah so they're yeah, gonna watch yeah. rebels soon too and i was just like yay my cousins are watching star wars animation and i'm all happy now so anyway we should talk about battle scars what did you Let's think about this episode I thought it was good. I have a couple little reservations about it, but it's it's a generally good episode. I think it was kind of doing a little house, not house cleaning, but it was just sort of. I get that. I get that. I I sort of feel the same way. Like I like everything in this episode, and it's also a very needed episode. Like they needed to do this episode. Um. I have there's a few choices there here though that I feel like could have elevated it to a little bit more. So while I like it and I think it's solid and I'll like I feel like it could have been better in different ways. So. I have some tech technical theories on it. Technical theories. Yeah, yeah. You were talking to me a little bit about that too. You can just cut you could call me goggles if you want. Goggles. Ah, my tech. I do anyway. have glasses, so you ready to get into it? I'm ready. <clears throat> Battle Scars is the seventh episode of The Bad Batch, and it aired on June 11th, 2021. It was written by Jennifer Corbett and directed by Saul Ruiz. Some extra information for you. The Mantel mix snack that Omega and Wrecker eat is based on the Outpost mix found at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. According to my friends who have had it, it's fancy popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, just it's a car. It's like multi, I didn't it's want like to, multi-colored. I, really, I actually, I actually didn't want to know that, but that's okay. It's it's you know like at Christmas you can get all the different like caramel popcorns and their different colors and stuff. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. That's what, I heard. That's what I heard they brought. I heard they brought in Howie Mandel and they like used some of the essence of Howie Mandel to make it. Oh, that's Mandel mix. Don't get the two confused, guys. <sighs> oh, you're on it tonight, man. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, let's do it. We're gonna go for that <laughs> extra classy tonight. Um, <laughs> now I just am, this sounds so gross. Not like shaving, but I imagine like someone holding out Howie Mandel and just kind of like flicking dandruff like off his bald head onto the Mandel mix. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Wait, Howie Mandel's bald, right? I think so, yes. Is he the one that did the the TV show with the briefcases? 
How he many... did a t- he was a doctor in a TV show and as a comedian. Yes, okay. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. Big thing was I believe he was the one who put the rubber glove over his head and blew it up with his nose. He was the host of Deal Deal or No Deal. That's very possible. That's He's what I'm thinking of. of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. So anyway, yeah. anyway now that we've clearly grossed yeah. everybody out. Um, where are we? Um, Omega recognizes Rex as a Generation 1 clone. That means he's from the original batch of clones created 10 years before the beginning of the Clone Wars. The majority of the episode takes place on Bracca, a planet created for the 2019 video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And finally, the Scrapper Guild, which runs trade on Bracca, was also created for Fallen Order. In the game, set after the events of Order 66, Cal Kestis hides there as workers for the Scrapper Guild. At, I'm going to read you that whole thing. I had a big wad of spit in my mouth, and I was like, I need to swallow it. The Scrapper Guild, which runs trade on Bracca, also created was also created for Jedi Fallen Order. In the game, set after the events of Order 66, Cal Kestis hides there as a worker for the Scrapper Guild until Cal is revealed to be a Jedi. You know who also reveals himself as a Jedi? Mm, Yoda reveals himself a lot. Mm, I know. We keep getting calls, man. You, you got it. You got it. One of Yoda's nicknames is the Revealer. We, we got. You got to keep the road robe on, man. Like me and Chris can only only pay your bail so often. Would, Yoda would come in the room, throw a robe off, and go, "Behold, Yoda the Revealer." Is that also how you got your name, Tripod? Maybe. Uh. Sometimes Yoda would ride in on his rancor, Phil. <laughs> or your battle ostrich. <laughs> or, no, battle llama. I'm Henry. sorry, battle llama. Henry! Henry. Aww. Um, well, I got Hank. a question. <laughs> Hank the battle llama? Yeah. I like it. Big, no, no, I big like Hanks it. of hair. Aww. Well, I got a question for you. Yes, a question for Wise Yoda. Wise, Wise Yoda. It's actually, it's, it's a very light question, because, you know, it, it was a fun week. Um, in this episode, they were eating fancy popcorn to celebrate the end of the missions, and so I got to thinking, Hey Yoda, did you have any fancy snacks with the other Jedi, like Anakin or Obi-Wan or Mace, that you guys would share after missions? If, if Yoda solved mystery for Jedi Council... He would get a Yoda snack. They would throw in throw in Yoda's mouth. Yoda would would kick it Yoda's feet, float up in the air, and then float down like a feather he would. Oh, that's actually very cute. Yum yum yum. Some some sometimes we would we would share some uh sour patch of wands. Mmm, sour. Oh, um, that's very wholesome. Like yeah, Mace Windu, be... Mace Windu may make very good rancor jerky. Mm. Ooh, but not Phil. No. Oh no, no. We have to take care of Phil. But but when when Jedi go out together, all go out together, they go to Pizza Hut. With... P- pizza Hut for Pizza the Hut. P- it's it's run run by run by a hut, Salvatore the Hut. Oh, I, I would think it was run by Pizza the Hut. With two T's. 
<laughs> Good jukebox. Mm. And they have a nice salad bar too. And I always like their lights. Yeah, Yoda likes a salad bar. Reminds him of his home. Yes. Does, would does the Jedi have around a little... the salad bar, and then they kick Yoda out of Pizza Hut. Oh, you crawled into the salad bar. Yoda likes to. Yoda reminds Yoda of home. Oh, home. Yoda would little... roll around in the ice. Oh, it's like home. Oh. Did you like sink down to the iceberg lettuce? Yes, Yoda would roll in the iceberg lettuce and then dip his heads in French dressing and. Oh. Stick croutons <laughs> on his hand. So let me get this straight. You would bury yourself in the the iceberg lettuce, and if somebody picks them up and showed your face, then you were like, "I'm the revealer." <laughs> Many people thought Yoda was the iceberg lettuce. Mm. Watch out for the tongs! Whoa! Uh, <laughs> so that's why Pizza Hut got closed down on Coruscant. Kicked out of Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. Grogu would never do that. Yeah, we would never do that. Aww. Ruin everything. Always ruin everything with Grogu. Aww, but but he didn't crawl in the salad bar. He's a baby. Baby, he's a baby, baby. Yes. Probably a baby. Yeah. Well, that's gross. I don't. Oh, Pizza Hut will be forever ruined for me. <laughs> Thanks, Yoda. Eh, not what it used to be, anyway. That's true. That's true. They don't have salad bars and pizza anymore, and they don't. They don't have the lights, <coughs> and they don't do the. They don't do the like bars and stuff like that, or like the reading programs. I used to go to Pizza Hut all the time for the reading well, programs, and my work for my damn personal pan pizza. Blame blame Yoda for no salad bar. Hmm. Mm. That's oh, get out of here! Took away my Brah. Pizza Hut memories. You, I'm just imagining him like getting goo all over the lettuce. Uh, it's yeah, it was embarrassing. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I can just see some poor, like some poor slob had to come out and change the whole salad bar over, uh, hose and the it whole down, time. bleach it, bleach it out. And the whole time, like Obi Wan, just like we're really sorry. He's uh, just he's senile. I'm I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> that's why that's why all the other Jedi would just go in and stock up on salad right away. They just get a big heap of salad because they knew in like ten minutes the salad bar was going to be spoiled. Oh, oh <laughs> full of full of Yoda's dusty salad croutons. Bar's closed, guys. <laughs> it's full of Yoda's dusty croutons. No. <laughs> to be classy too I thought those were garbanzo beans <laughs> gross depends on how moist he is that day Ooh. Ugh. anyway act one <laughs> yeah act one <laughs> <laughs> gross oh, I'm gonna take a sip of my drink Jesus what a rocky oh. road to act one holy cow I mean we've talked ups about full of ups and downs we talked about like amphibia creators and porn and little nephews and now Yoda's crusty garbanzo beans. <laughs> no. So I think this is a pretty regular episode of J Guys for us. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad yeah. it's coming out after your interview. Me too. <laughs>
Hi, if you're listening, Disney, this is how I am normally. What's up? Anyway, Act One. Act One. We open with the Bad Batch running away from a mission, and they're all like zooming and zipping and just like pew pew pew, and like people are like pew pewing at them, and it's because they stole a lizard, and they're like, "Why are we getting this lizard?" And everyone's like, "I don't know. It's for Sid." And so the lizard gets out and jumps on Wrecker, and Wrecker freaks out, and of course he hits his head because that's Wrecker's whole thing this season, and we're all getting scared because the Hulk is coming. But they hop into hyperspace, and everything's fine. So they bring the lizard to Sid, who has the best joke, where she looks into the cage, and she's like, this is a weird lizard, and they all just stare at, stare at her because she's a lizard person, and it's my favorite joke of the season. It's so low-key. She's just like, this is a weird lizard. And I laughed because I forgot about it. And it's like the dumbest thing. And I probably laughed about it for five minutes. So it's fine. Anyway, so it's like, hey, let's go get paid, everybody. And they're all like, yay. But before they leave, Hunter's like, my Hunter senses are tingling. And my Rambo scarf is quaking. And he looks over. And there's a mysterious figure with a hood up sitting in the corner drinking a drink. But he gets distracted because Omega and Wrecker want to go do their thing. They have this end of mission tradition, and they want to go get their fancy popcorn. And Hunter's like, all right, you guys can go get your fancy popcorn. And they're all like, yay! This is the heart of the episode for later plot points! Yay! They run outside. So Hunter goes into the back, and Sid's like, hi guys, you're going to get paid, and gives them three whole dollars. And, and Tech and Echo is like, this isn't even enough dollars for everybody. And she's like, well, maybe if you guys stop getting so much fancy popcorn and putting it on my tab, I'd pay you more. And they're like, what? We don't get fancy popcorn as Omega and Wrecker are just like put it on Sid's tab outside, literally like 20 feet away. But then, oh no, shots are fired and everyone's like, pew, pew. And, and Bolo and Catcher are like, ah, someone's shooting at us. And they run out. And everybody comes out, and Sid is pissed because, like, people are shooting stuff, but no one's hurt. Because the person then stands, and he takes off his hood, and it's Rex and a poncho. And Echo's like, oh my god, Rex! Rex, oh my god, you're my friend, guys! My friend is here, it's Rex! I'm so happy that Rex, I want to do something morally, like, good, because we've been, like, my moral compass is all over the place, Rex, and I just want to go do good things again. And Rex's like, I'm really happy to see you too, Echo. And Echo's like, you don't understand, we are doing, like, mercenary work, and I don't like it, and they sold me, Rex, they sold me. And Rex is like, I'm, I'm sorry, are you okay? And Echo's like, I'll be fine. And so they all sit down and have drinks, you know, to put it more on Sid's tab, I guess. And they all sit down to have drinks with Rex. And Rex is like, yeah, I've been keeping a little profile since, you know, the world went to shit. And they're like, yeah, you must be keeping a super low low profile because they say you're dead. And Rex is like, I am dead to the Empire. I also died in my soul a bit in season seven. It's fine. But, and they're like, how did you find us? He's like, I'm friends with Trace and Rafa Martez. You know, Trace, Ahsoka Tano's girlfriend, it's great. They're really nice ladies. And they helped me out, and they got me this really cool poncho. And then Wrecker shows up with Omega, and Wrecker's like, oh my god, Rex, it's so good to see you. And then he crushes Rex's ribcage in a bear hug. And Rex, you know, inflates his ribcage, and it's great. 
and he comes over and he sees Omega and Omega's like, hi, you're a generation one clone. That means you're old as fuck. And Rex's like, I am 10 to 11 years old. Now, actually, he'd be like 13. He's like, I am 13 years old, child. And she's like, yeah, for clones, that's old as fuck. And, well, guys, it's really sweet because when Rex talks to her, he gets down on one knee to be eye level with Omega, which is exactly how you should always talk to children because kids are equals and it's very, very, very sweet. But as all this, like, little sweetness is happening... Wrecker starts to get a headache, and it's a really bad headache, and he's having a migraine, and he's like, oh my god, Tech, I need ice packs, and he's like, you used all the ice packs, Wrecker, and Rex is like, suspicious, and Rex gets up, he's like, why do you have headaches, Wrecker, and he's like, I don't know, because I get hit in the head every episode of this season, and Rex is like, uh-uh, and he puts a hand on his blasters, and everybody is just like, whoa, 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 Rex, what a- what's wrong, Rex? Why are you doing this? And Rex is like, I don't know. Maybe because I just watched Jesse, Fives, Tup, Cody, Wolf, and everyone I've ever loved, like Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, have their ways of life ended very suddenly with the chips in our brains. And it was done in a very spectacular fashion that changed the very course of the galaxy. So yeah, I'm a little suspicious because I have trauma. And they're like, oh, well, do you need to talk about it? And Rex is like, no, I don't need to talk about it. I need you to get your fucking chips out of your heads. Get your shit together. And and he, like, holds up their child. He's like, look at Omega. You guys are endangering her. And Omega's just like, hi. And he's like, you need to save this child. Get the damn chips out of your head, Hunter. What the fuck? And finally, Hunter's like, okay, what if we agree to remove our chips? And Rex's like, all right, that's cool. And he completely relaxes. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll take it out. And I will be in touch with you soon. And then he leaves. End of Act 1. What'd you think? It's funny. That's exactly where I... That's exactly where I ended it, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the, the only, like, clear screen wipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, the rest of the episode um, is kind of like Moses for, like, 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um... Um... I really... I, I... Well, just my my um light stuff first uh gr- probably the fastest editing i've ever seen in a star wars anything besides like some of the an- short short animated things that they've made but like boy oh boy that was some fast editing but it was it's a nice beginning you know just boom oh, boom right into the, the, the very the beginning scene. the very okay. start and the the very the battle at the beginning, you know, just to where where they where they get that you know get the lizard creature, is all just like super fast edits. But it's great because it's just sort of a Star Wars, you know, bam, you're right in the middle of action. You just sort of have to catch up. You know, you you just go okay, they've okay been on a mission. You know, and it's it's just just nicely put together. Um, but I I think this episode. The production of this episode might have been a little bit in a um and I'll get into it more in 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 the second part, but I think it got into a one of those little like things that it that that happens in these where the it takes a little step up but i I think maybe it took a little step up after the first part of this was made because some of the animation. And maybe that's why they had the fast edits. Some of the animation was a little, little janky. Like Sid, Sid's model when she first walks up to him is a little bit like floaty 
in in places you know like like they oh, like they there was a little rush to it and i was just like this animation seems like a step backwards a little bit in this in the first part but then it changes in the second part to in <laughs> greatly but I'll, I'll get into that in the second part but um I, I, ha I had two thoughts. One of the first thoughts I had going into this is like any Star Wars story that of any length now also has to be a partial meditation on P PTSD because it's just baked into war. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's just always, always going to be like hovering in even even in the especially in the stories that are between the outbreaks of like actual war and uh you know when it when it's just not just sort of a violent galaxy <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh so i i just realized that and i was just like oh yeah well, well, there's more trauma coming um and and then i was thinking you know how clones especially like the bad batch since they're sort of more experimental but at the same time clones were sort of almost like when you're designing a video game character and you max out certain parts that you you know you go through and you pick out you, you know to, to set different levels on different attributes and stuff to to tweak a different performance out of them but do you think maybe something about like um wrecker and omega that they may have had like their you know that something about their personality tweaked where they're more like their own age because they're they're more they're oh. like two little they're like they're they're they act age appropriate when they're together. You know what I mean? For their yeah. like chronological age. They act like two they act like they act like, you know, when you get together with your cousins that you don't see all the time, you're like, let's go get candy at the store. Yeah, you know. And uh I could see that for maybe record. I think Omega I well, Omega is just, physically also like. Yeah, more I was about to say. Different. I think she's an unaltered clone, just like Boba. So I think she's right. actually aging normally. She's just she's just aging normally. Yeah, and and, especially because like she's she's at least ten because she recognizes Rex, um, and I and so I think she's aging just normally. But I could see that for maybe Wrecker because like they didn't need him to be smart; they yeah. just needed him to be yeah. strong. So they didn't but, like but something about that. But something about the two of them. Yeah, that, and maybe that's why the two of them are just so, like, prone to, like, going and, you know, hanging out together, you know? They're, like, best mm -hmm. buddies. Yeah. That's definitely uh, kind of close to my one of my notes. Um, I, I really... That's you know, all I it, got, anyway. Okay, because so, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about this more in Act 3, too, because, like, really, um, I like the book ending of the Mantel mix here. Um, because really it's, it's Wrecker and Omega's relationship at the, at the center of this episode. Like, yes, Rex is here and like Hunter and, and Tech and Echo are also here, but the relationship of Wrecker and Omega really is the heart and the center of everything because she's also the one that kind of like lures him away and brings him back and like goes out of her way to like, stay with him. And so I like this opening where we see this like little bonding ritual of them because it really does set up the ending a lot. And I really and like it's that. It's going to contrast with the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only have like kind of like short notes for this act. All my notes are like in the other ones. And I really do love the very mild Sid joke. And it's just low key. My favorite joke of the season where Sid, who is a lizard person looks at a lizard and goes, this is a strange looking lizard. <laughs> it's a very rare Perlman sort of thing joke you know yeah and it 
makes me laugh and I forgot about it in the morning. And she, she says it so dryly too, where she's just like, yep. huh, what a strange looking lizard. And she turns around the Bad Batch are just staring at her. <laughs> I I don't know why. I guess it if you're going like- to have Rhea Perlman in your show, you might as well have real Rhea Perlman in your show. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah, and I, I, I think it just hit me just right because, like, I laughed about that stupid joke for, like, five minutes. I had to, like, pause the episode because I was laughing so hard. And it just hit me just, just right, and I loved it. Um, I, I just, like, a tiny note. Uh, Echo continues to be the moral compass because when they get back to Sid's, the first thing he, he does is, like, hey, what's the lizard for? And she's like, I don't give a fuck. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I do. And it, it's just continuing to show, like, Echo, like, trying to be that moral compass, which is interesting in the episode of Rex. And we're going to see this start coming up more and more now with Echo. So it's just kind of like we need to, like, like touch our nose and, like, put a pin in it because this is about to be re- this is about to be Echo's whole thing for the rest of the season. Um, And the only other note I have is just seeing, like, Rex at a corner with his hood up like a Jedi. And I'm just like, you probably got that from like Anakin or Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. And now you're doing like these little Jedi tricks. And it makes me sad. <laughs> and it makes my heart sad because he's probably sitting there like, I'm sitting here like a Jedi and all my friends are dead. <laughs> Except for Ahsoka. And I don't know where the fuck she is right now. <laughs> so that just made me. It, it it gave me some Clone Wars feels because I know. We yeah, did. he had his, his character model had a kind of drawn look to him, too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, but then yeah. again, we're more used to we're also used to a little bulkier Grunkle Rex, too. So. Yeah, but we also just watched season seven, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, though he did have a little bit more of a drawn look to him. I, I, I noticed some of the um, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, you know, like when they like color in, it it almost had like a paintbrush feel to it. Some of the textures of yeah. skin and hair and stuff, and 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 had like a little extra texture to it, so to kind of make it look a little bit more drawn. So, but that's all I have for Act One. All my other stuff is in the other two acts. All right. Well, it's I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Act Two. So the Bad Batch are on their way to Bracca, and Wrecker is like, understandably like super nervous because he's like, Hunter, I don't want to get my head cut open. I'm scared. And Hunter's like, well, we got to do the thing that Rex says. And Wrecker's like, why? And, And Hunter goes, look, he was the protagonist for seven seasons of a very popular show. We kind of have to listen to him. And Wrecker's like, but we're the protagonists of our show. I don't want to get my head cut open. And and Hunter's just like, suck it up. So they land on Bracca and they meet Rex. And Rex comes out walking like like a king because he is. And Rex is Latin for king. And I'm just like, yes, yes, my first husband of Star Wars. Walk out there like a model. And they all shimmy across all these broken down ships. And they're like, hey, why do we have to hide from you know everything and rex is like that's because of them and he points up he's like see those patrols they're the scrapper guild and they're like what why does that mean he's like that means that they're a plot point to set up next week's episode and they're like oh gotcha gotcha so avoid the plot point of next week's episode until at least the end of act three got it so they finally make their way to a downed jedi cruiser 
And it's kind of sad because, you know, they're all rusty and, like, the Clone Wars just ended and everything is sad. And so they start going into the Jedi Cruiser and, guys, guys, Rex, Rex is telling Echo about Fives, about Fives, the most important clone of Clone Wars other than Rex, warning him about the inhibitor chips and Rex regrets it because he didn't know what Fives was saying and Fives died. But we know in season seven, when Rex's chip was activating, he told Ahsoka to find Fives and then he tried to kill Ahsoka and then Ahsoka found Fives' file and everything was shitty and, and Fives did not die in vain because he was able to save Rex and Ahsoka in the end, and he's telling Echo about all this, and Echo's like, I'm the last Domino of Domino Squad, and Rex is like, I know, man, and then Hope is a mess, and I'm not okay. I just, I have a lot of five emotions, guys, and I will always have emotions about fives. Anyway, so they're moseying along. <laughs> they're just walking right along as Hope's crying, and... Hunter feels his Rambo scarf on his head quiver, and he looks over, and there's, like, this flooded area for plot, and something's moving, and he's like, hey, guys, don't go into the water for plot, and they're like, okay, and so they get inside, and they're like, Rex, how did you get your chip out, you know, and find out about all this, and Rex is very, very careful not to mention Ahsoka Tano at this moment. And he's just like, I had help. And they're like, cool, we will not ask more questions. So they're walking along the broken Jedi cruiser and they come to a hole in the floor and they have to shimmy across a wire for it because for plot. And you know what? As Wrecker is getting across, a plot monster comes out and is just like, I'm here to fill time. And they're like, oh no, he's here to fill time. And so then they fight this monster for like three or four minutes until Wrecker finally gets up and he was like, that was crazy. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, does that have anything else to do with the plot? And they're like, no. And Wrecker's like, oh, we could have been like doing other stuff then. They're like, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. And so they get to a medical bay and they start booting everything up. And since Wrecker's the one that's been malfunctioning the most, they're like, Wrecker, you're first. And he's like, but I don't want to. I'm scared. And Omega's like, I'm scared too, if anyone cares. And they're like, baby, why, why are you scared? And she's like, you know, what if this is dangerous? And I know because I, I was a medical clone and I worked a lot with medicine. And this could be a really dangerous. And one of you all die. And then I, I will be alone. And I like that scene because she's like, I'll be alone. And like, Rex is literally standing behind her like you know like nothing you know Rex would take care of that child on a heartbeat but she don't know him she she wants to be with her real brothers and he's like thanks and Hunter's like we'll be okay I swear it's gonna be fine but we need to get started because Wrecker is in pain and so they get up and they they begin to do the thing and you know what they do all the wrong fucking things because Rex is like, hey guys, did you hear about Order 66? And Wrecker's like, ah, oh, the code word for all of this. And Hunter's like, yeah, that Order 66 thing was weird because we let Jedi Kanan Jarrus get away in episode one. 
And Rex is like, wow, you let Kane and Jairus get away? I helped Ahsoka Tano. And they're like, wow, that's great. It's sad that the Jedi are all dead. And you know, like, yeah. And now we all ran away from the Empire and we're all traitors. And Wrecker's like, you know what? I'm just gonna snap now. Yeah, they shouldn't have, <laughs> shouldn't have, shouldn't have tripped the algorithm. It was just one of those things that I was watching. It's like they don't. They've been so careful with this word, their words. They've been careful not to order like because like Rex is very specific. Like because they, they he was like they were like, hey, who helped you? And Rex is like a friend. Like he does not mention Ahsoka. But the moment they're getting ready to take out the things, Rex is like, let me tell you about Order sixty six. And they're like, well, let's tell you about us letting Kanan get away in Episode one. And I'm just like. I know this is for plot, but guys, <laughs> you're acting it, real dumb right now. <laughs> yeah, it's cool plot. I, I don't want to sound the like old Abbott and Costello slowly. I turn step by step. Yeah, skip. and I, and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I, I I am poking fun at it. It's great because it leads to like one of the best se- like ser- like scenes of season one. So I'm like yeah. I'm not complaining at all because Wrecker being fucking evil Hulk for like all of Act Three yeah. is amazing. It leads to the the Hulk versus Thor scene. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 amazing. So I just um I I'm not complaining at all. I'm just lightly poking fun at it because it's kind of funny. Hey, what do you think of Act One? You mean Act Two? Yeah, that one. And the I second water one. On my face. All right, my uh, um, I just noticed like how crazy Wrecker's scar is. What a what a it's injury gnarly. that must be, especially with with back to take technology. His face must have just been sh- his ear is shredded. His ear is just like and his eye is gone. Yeah, he looks like something out of a Mad Max movie. It's incredible. Um. This was the first video game tie-in in a in a Star Wars thing that I actually recognized because I uh, watched the play a, a playthrough of that game. So I was yeah. like, and I, I I I had not watched that playthrough when I saw this episode, so I didn't think nothing of it. I love the like when they're walking that you notice that like there's a bunch of like Star Wars ships that have been crushed like a tra- like a car compactor. And just piled up, you know, cubically. That was pretty neat. Um, then I noticed this is all gonna like. Well, um, uh, okay. My other short note is when when Wrecker gets dunked under by the Dianoga, it totally is like just for a few seconds, but they beat for beat time, like a few of the lines, just like like the length of time he's under is almost the same exact. It just follows the beat of Star Wars when Luke gets pulled under. And I remember watching it the first time and reaching for my notes to write that down in my notes and then going, oh, wait, I don't have to do that for a while. I'm just <laughs> watching this for enjoyment. And uh, but then I noticed I was like, "Ooh, nice water. Like first. And then I, I just noticed ever like the lighting and everything all of, was like a huge step up in the 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 animation in the cg and i was like yes, oh and so. i was thinking maybe the first part was finished first and then they they did this for and it was on that planet so i'm wondering if maybe they shared some assets from the video game oh 
Oh, that's interesting. I actually don't know. You that. know, maybe they use some of the stuff from the video game to get because it had a very. It, it just all of a sudden everything was very crisp and detailed, and lighting was beautiful. There were like incredibly nice high light, you know, bright, clear, crisp highlights and stuff, and it was just really, really nice to look at. I, and the I, water, the water especially, is like that's the best. That's better water than in resistance, you know? Yeah, well, it's also a completely different, um, different, like, like style, too. Like, resistance wasn't trying to go for, like, a realistic look. No, no, but yeah, it, it, it almost, re- it reminded me of watching the video game. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if maybe that was, maybe the video game, per- you know, they, they had some stuff from the video game that they could use that, that, that took it up a level or something or maybe they maybe they did it in that the engine that they used for the video game to make it you know as a sort of little nod to the for the people who played the game i'm not seeing anything no i will say i did leave this out of my like background notes because i was because like by the time this episode came out fallen order was already out but the day that this episode came out they released it um on other platforms so this episode was released the same day as the second wave of all in order stuff came out uh-huh. so it was released uh, on the same day i think it was like uh, the day it came out on like xbox or something i'd have to double check hmm. i it was one of those notes i was like ah. <laughs> i don't care <laughs> so if hope doesn't care no one else will care until chris brings it up <laughs> hope doesn't but, care yeah, about that's that a, stuff that, no that's all that's all i got in part two I will say I tried to Google really fast to see if they had shared information, and I immediately got a ad of just like, "Do you like Fallen <laughs> Order? Look out! Check out Bad ba- Bed Bath and Beyond because I was trying to correct Bad Batch into Bed Bath and Beyond." So, smell like that should hair. be the sequel to Bad Batches, Bad Batch and Beyond. Bad Batch and Beyond. <laughs> um, That's the store they end up opening when they retire. Oh, I would love that. Wrecker would be so good at customer service. He'd scare people into buying things, but he'd be like really nice about it. And like tech would be like, be like, you are 85% positive to buy this cucumber melon scent. <laughs> and poor Echo is just like, hi, I'm working the cash register. And whenever under- I've got into bed, bed, bath and beyond and everybody, I just end up on those like bathroom, like cosmetic mirrors that have the bowed mirror in them that blow up your face and make you look like you're just like it makes every pore in your face look like a chasm and like what i always end up in those just going you can you imagine record just going like (laughs) record would love it he'd be like look how cute i am (laughs) (laughs) and they'd be like you are cute record he's like thanks guys um so for my notes I'm going to start off with my tinfoil hat theory that has no proof to it. (laughs) You ready? Yeah. My tinfoil hat theory that has absolutely no proof to to it was up to the point where his um, chip goes off. Wrecker is like extra scared to go through with the surgery, which understandable. It's brain surgery. I get it. But my tinfoil hat theory was it was his chip secretly pushing back and telling him to be scared and to not go through with the surgery because the chip didn't want to get removed. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. Uh, there might be something that would be a natural thing to put in the chip. Yeah, and his like chip, he'd already he's 
he's already had the you know good soldier obeys orders mm-hmm. you know he's already said it heard it in his head so yeah it's uh, i don't think that's too tinfoily mm-hmm. it's not as uh, tinfoily as it could be um seeing rex in his armor always makes me emotional oh well, we know I know. I love. It. He's my first husband of Star Wars. I will always love Rex. There's a reason I have him on my ankle. Um, so I know they just invented Bracca like three years ago in the canon, but like this is a location I would be abusing. <laughs> it's so cool. It looks great, and I would love to see them. Like, like I could see the rebellion or the resistance, and I think it. I think it's actually in one of like the sequel trilogy books that the resistance like does do this. Like, I think like Leia orders the resistance to go to Bracca to try and scavenge ships. Um, but like this is just like a plethora of like ships and equipment that like the rebels and the resistance can just raid for shit. I would be abusing the fuck out of Brock. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I was a writer, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to go back there every week. <laughs> I would be so bad at it too. This is why I don't write for star Wars, but it's just, it's such a cool location. There's so much like, this is a location that could change. So like right now there's like all this clone war stuff. Like, can you imagine like post empire? And then there's like all these Imperial stuff. Cause then you could have stories about like, Imperials in hiding trying to get like secret codes that might be still on a star destroyer that's about to be destroyed and blah blah blah. And I don't know. I I think it's just a really cool location and it looks great and it's just it, there's all these levels and lighting and everything's like off kilter. It's it's just such a cool place and I really love it. Um I, I'm gonna go ahead and start with like my least favorite part of the episode. Um, because it kind of leads into this next note. <sighs> The monster feels a little shoehorned in for me. And it just feels like it's there to fill time. And also because this isn't a very action-heavy episode. And it just feels like, oh, it's the middle Mm -hmm. of the episode. We need to have some action. Let's just put this monster in here. Because we want the clones and Rex to do stuff other than talk. And I'm like, but that's... It doesn't lead to anything. And I would much rather have that, like, three-ish minutes spent elsewhere. Because I I started, like, you know, because there's so much going on. This is a very emotional episode. They could have had more time of, like, Wrecker hunting Omega. Or maybe, like, catching up with Rex. Or, like, maybe them asking, like, hey, we saw Cut Laquane. And he's like, oh, what's happening with that? There's so much more. And that leads me back to, like, my other note that I wanted to go into. I've been dying, and this is a personal preference, so I know this is a me problem, and probably, like, not as many people care other than me. I have been dying for the conversation of Rex to talk to Echo about fives. I've wanted that conversation. I remember talking about that when we were covering, like, season six of Clone Wars. (laughs) Like, I have been dying to have that conversation i think i even mentioned yeah. this in the first bad batch arc of like i want rex to talk to echo about fives so echo now knows he's the last standing member of domino squad and i'm so i'm happy that they mention fives here but i'm like i wanted so much more 
like so much more of like that emotional payoff. And I'm like, we spent three minutes with a fucking tentacle monster when we could have this very emotional moment with the Rex and Echo. And I'm like, you know what, tentacle monster, fine, you look cool and all. I don't need you. I need to have that. Like, and that is, I, I feel like that was the one shot, and we're never gonna have that ever again. We're not gonna have that shot, and that was the moment for Rex and Echo to talk about fives. And it's just oh wait, and- hope someone's here. Oh, it's the tentacle monster, the Dianoga. He says, "Oh, hope, hey, how's it going? Fuck it's off! It's my big, it's my big shot at stardom. I get to be in a TV show. Look I- at me." First of all, you hey, didn't even Hope, do anything. Why are you yelling at me? Why are you yelling at me? Because you had your first big shot in A New Hope and you should have strangled Luke Skywalker, you son of a bitch. That was my cousin. I don't know why I'm putting a little southern accent on it, but. <laughs> I know, right? I was just like, all right. <laughs> Well, bless your heart, then. You should go live <laughs> off your cousin's royalties, then. Go live I, off your cousin. I, 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 th- I think they probably didn't do that just because they were trying to, you know, they, they did a little bit of it, but they were like, ah, try to keep as much of it, in ter- you know. It, it, it works for us. We know it's going on more than, you know, just a casual viewer, so... I feel we like just Bad Batch is one of those grab. shows, though, that, like... Yeah, it's yeah, it's basically a continuation of Clone Wars. But, you know, yeah. I mean, if you run a show, especially a Disney show, you're always going to be like, you know, there's going to be... You're, you're going to assume there's people who just, for whatever reason, you, you know, are, are just picking up on this show, you know, are starting off this show, which yeah. we thought, that's a little tough, but, yeah. But, like, it still goes back to, like, this monster feels like it's very shoehorned in of just, like, we need an action piece. Instead of just, like, letting the characters just do their thing. Because there's still so much. Like, Rex could be at talking about Omega. Like, he's just meeting Omega. And, like, he could be like, okay, what's the deal with her? Um, Which I guess I could see they did because I kind of did that with Cut LeQuayne. But, like... They could all, or they could have more time at the end with like Hunter and Rex talking. Like, there's so many better ways to spend that three minutes than just going, "Hey, we need an action sequence." Let's yeah, and it's also like it's also like a call, you know, another just sort of like random callback to 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 a movie, you know. Yeah, it just it didn't work for me, and it's my like. That three minutes is what actually brings down a lot of the episode for me when every because there's just so many like half conversations that could have been completed. Yeah. But I will say I do love that Rex is very careful not to mention that Ahsoka helped him. It is still such a dangerous time. The Bad Batch's ships are not out yet and he doesn't know what could trigger them. Um and and I started thinking about this a little bit more, like, yeah, like, he's known Echo for years. Like, he's known Echo for at least two or three years now. So he trusts Echo. But he just met the rest of the Bad Batch in Season 7, so he's known them for only a few months at the Echo most. Echo also has no chip, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
he he doesn't know the rest of the Bad Batch well enough to give them information that hey, Ahsoka Tano is alive and she was the one that helped me. So I did I did like that that he was very very careful to tiptoe around Ahsoka and to not name her because it's still so dangerous and he knows that three people in the room have chips in their brains and yeah. that anything he says could make all of them snap not just record like he just doesn't know so i thought i did think that was very good writing for him to be tiptoeing around ahsoka um and my my only other note is uh is it's a, my, well, my only other baby note is Rex is so gentle, and I see where Echo gets it from, because I always talk about how, like, what a soft boy Echo is with Omega, and is, he's always, like, taking care of her in the background. But, like, when she shimmies across the wire and she gets to the other side, Rex is just like, there you go, you got it. And he's, like, helping her out the wire, and he's like, good job! And I'm like, oh, Rex! Ah, my ovaries! My first husband of Star Wars is so soft with the tiny girl. And I love him. He's such a baby. And I love him so much, Chris. Ah! <laughs> I love him. Um, And the only other thing, I, I just thought it was a nice moment when Omega, like, voices that she's scared. Like, she's scared that they're all going to die. And I did think that was a nice callback to the Cut LaQuain episode because... Hunter was ready to leave her and just be like, peace out, bye, have a better life. But, like, he made her a promise at the end of the Cut the Quaid episode. He's like, we're here for the long run. We're here for you. You're part of the team. We're family. And so in this very real, like, palpable moment of just, like, all of you could die. And I'd be alone again. And I don't want to be alone again. And, like, it's such a nice callback to that promise that he made to her of just, like, we're not going anywhere. We're with you till, like, the end, and you can't get rid of us. And so I just, I really like that, because it was a nice kind of, like, callback to episode episode two, I think it is, two. Yeah, so. But that's all I have. Did you have anything else? No, do you want to wrap this strange lizard creature up? <laughs> That's a strange lizard. <laughs> That's a strange looking lizard. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's wrap up the strange looking lizard. <laughs> I love that joke. Mm, right. Yoda always wraps up his strange looking lizard. Oh, you know what? We have to. No more Grogu's. <laughs> nope. Oh. Anyway, act three. Act Stay, three. Get out of the salad. <laughs> Oh, I gotta throw out that lettuce now. Anyway, oh, what is he doing to my kale? Ugh. Behold, Yoda the Revealer! Wow! I just imagine like Yoda spinning in my I, in my salad spinner. Oh, gee, yeah, it comes <laughs> comes out dry too. I am definitely like I am definitely a person who uses a salad spinner, and I just I just imagine him just Nothing turning like we. Huh? I know, right? They're Nothing great. Wrong with salad spinners, yeah. I've They're fantastic. Used a salad spinner many, many times in my life. Absolutely, I love it. Anyway, Act Three. Act Three. So, Wrecker has snapped, and he is fully chip activated, and he is like, "Oh my god, let's do this!" And it's awesome. And he picks up Tech, and Tech's just like, 
Oh, fuck me. <laughs> and he knocks out Tech immediately and turns and starts to, like, and turns to everybody. And everybody else is like, yeah. Yeah, fuck me. Oh, God. <laughs> and he starts to fight. And Hunter, Echo, and Rex, and Omega are just like, shit, shit, shit. It's Wrecker. This is a bad day. Bad day, everybody. Oh, my God. And they're like, we, we gotta get him out of the med bay because he's gonna break everything if we don't. So Hunter, Echo, and Rex lure Wrecker out of the med bay, and Omega's like, good luck, everyone. <laughs> and it's it's not even a fight, you guys, because Echo and Rex are out fast. And like it's 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 intense too because like he like picks up Echo and like chucks him at Rex's body, and it's scary, guys. And R Hunter holds out like a little bit longer. But not that much longer. Like, he, he gets a little bit of that protagonist juice that lets him, like, live for, like, an extra, like, 30 seconds. And, like, before he dies, Omega sends off a shot to distract Wrecker. And Wrecker knocks out Hunter and then starts chasing Omega. And it's terrifying because it's like having a very angry Hulk after you. And... And the whole time, Omega's like, Oh darn, oh darn, oh darn, I'm a child, so I don't swear. Oh heck, oh heck and heck, oh heck and heck me, heck me now. And she like, she runs and she hides, and Wrecker's just like, Where are you, little girl? I gotta murder you. And she's like, No, thank you, please. And she hides, and it's really scary. And like, he like pulls open the door, and she's like, Oh heck and heck. And he like comes into the room, and she's like, Oh gosh. And he sees a rat, and he like sees, uh, he thinks it's Omega, and and like he rips open the door, and there she is, and she's just like, Wrecker, we're friends. You're my, I'm your big sister, and I love you so much. Please don't hurt me. And she grabs a blaster, and she points it at Wrecker, and he's like, You're in direct violation of Order sixty six, and I'm gonna rip your head off. And she's like, Oh God, no! I don't want to hurt you. And like her hands are shaking. And she points it at the the blaster at Wrecker, and her fingers tripling on the trigger trigger, and she's like, "Don't you remember me? Don't you remember the fancy popcorn?" And he doesn't remember the fancy popcorn, you guys. And before he can reach out and kill her, Rex, my dear darling Rex, King of Star Wars, first husband, he shows up and he saves her, and he knocks Wrecker's ass out. And she's like, oh, thank goodness, because that was scary. And he's like, I know that was scary. It's fine. I got you now, because I was a protagonist. And they take Wrecker back to the med bay, and it's a very somber mood, because they're all kind of scared, and they're not sure if it's going to work, but now they absolutely know that they have no choice. So they start taking Wrecker's chip out, and it's gonna take a while, and Rex is like, Hey, Hunter, Omega's a child. Maybe you should take her outside to, like, play ball or something. And she's like, No! I'm part of this team, and I'm staying with him, and I also know way more about medicine than all of you combined. And Wrecker's like, That's valid. No, not Wrecker. Wrecker's out cold. Rex is like, That's valid. So, they all sit there, and they wait for several hours, until finally, Wrecker wakes up, and he's back to normal, and everyone's like, yay, 
Wrecker, we love you and we miss you. And he's like, thanks, guys. And so one by one, the Bad Batch get their chips taken out, and it's all okay. But as they're starting to get all their stuff together, Wrecker is sad. Because he feels super guilty for, you know, almost murdering everybody. And he goes over to Omega and he's like, hey, I'm really sorry about all that. It was like, it was like I was watching a video game and it was third person and I was trapped inside my own brain and I was screaming. I was screaming for myself to stop because I didn't want to hurt you. And I was scared and I know you were scared and I'm really sorry for that. And she's like, that's okay, record. And she pulls out the fancy popcorn with lint because it came from her pocket and it's not covered. And so it's got to be covered in lint. And she's like, here's some fancy popcorn. And they share their fancy pocket lint popcorn together. And it's all is forgiven. And outside, Hunter catches up with Rex. And Rex is talking to someone. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll rendezvous with you soon. I just got to finish something. And he hangs up and Hunter's like, oh, look at you still in the good fight. And Rex is like, why wouldn't I be? I was made to fight for the Republic. And I'm not going to stop fighting for the Republic. And Hunter's like, the Republic's gone. He's like, well, maybe not to everybody. I'm kind of, wink, wink, fighting for the Republic. Wink, wink. And Hunter's like, "What's? are you winking that you're in the Rebellion? And Rex is like, maybe I am. And if you maybe want to help bring back the Republic, wink, wink, you should join me sometimes. And Hunter's like, I don't know, Rex. I ha- I have this whole storyline for, like, the next, I don't know, like, seven episodes. Where I'm just gonna kind of, like, waffle about this. And just be like, I gotta keep my kids safe. But I also want to fight for a cause. I mean, it's gonna be, like, the rest of the season, man. I, I don't know. And Rex is like, woof. That's rough, buddy. Well, have fun in your in the middle feelings that's going to be really boring for the back half of the season but if you want to do something rad and cool you know where to find me and rex says his goodbyes and he heads off into the fog like a goddamn hero he is and everyone's like goodbye rex we love you and he's like i know i'm the best but oh no remember that plot that i talked about I can't remember which act, but I was like, hey, guess what? See those Plot Patrol Scrapper Guild guys? Guess who's back? It's the Scrapper Guild! And they're like, hey, look, someone's on the ship. We should call the Empire for next week's episode. And they're like, yeah, we should. So, you know, now they know where they are, and the Empire's coming. And you know what that means? Crosshair's back next week, everybody. Bum, bum, bum. The end. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, the <laughs> fight was great. The fight was great. I, I want to talk about it's a brutal though, fight. Yeah, it is. Uh, is like this is something that's been happening on a lot of Bad Batch episodes, and it's it's kind of cool. Is they do a lot of space at the end, like a lot of times with with Star Wars cartoons. When the plot is over, it's like blam, the credits are running. You know. Yeah, and this, like, when the main conflict gets sometimes, and a lot of times there's been even almost, sometimes almost the whole third act will be just sort of the characters processing and talking to each other and setting up for the next time. And I kind of like it. Um, 
it's 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 a it's an interesting variation of it but i think that's the difference between being on cable and being on streaming because when they were on cable it had to be 22 minutes cut off yeah and you have to like deal with commercials and shit but when when it's on streaming they can make the episodes as long or as as short as they They want to yeah I think the shortest episode was like, what, like nineteen minutes, and like this yeah. one was like I think twenty seven or something like 24, that. Twenty yeah. four, yeah, something like that. So like that, they actually can have like a denouement of an episode, and like after yeah. the climax, it doesn't have to like immediately be like, "Yay, we're not dead!" Dun, 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 dun. Like they can actually sit and talk. So like that, that is very much I would say a benefit of being on a streaming service versus cable. But that's all I really had to say about the the third act. Wrecker is terrifying. Yeah. And I Whoa. and I like that they they didn't even bother with like usually in stuff like this they have like p- points where he sort of would recognize Omega for a second and be like Omega and then like no rah! you know no this was just like nope he's just going for it which is the way it would be if Wrecker's chip went off well it was kind of the same way like well they had a little bit of a fighting with rex but like i i also like that too where he had that conversation with omega when he was like i was in my mind like i could see what's happening which is so tragic because that pretty much is all the clones you know yeah it would have been really travi- tragic if he actually like succeeded in killing all of them yeah yeah, and but like that's that's so sad to think about because he was just like I was in there, I could see what was happening, and I couldn't stop it. And it makes me think of like every clone that we know, like you know, like like I think about Jesse. You know, I I cried over Jesse in, when we did season seven, and I was like, Jesse is just like trapped in his mind, watching himself fight Rex, one of his very best friends, and he can do nothing to stop it. Or or like Cody, like. Cody being trapped in his mind, watching himself shoot at Obi-Wan, his general and friend, and he can do nothing about it. And like, and that is such a tragic thought to think about. <laughs> Which is probably why some of them did break through, and we know that. Like some of them did resist it and break back through, but like some of it was too late. And that just has to be the worst guilt of just being not having your own body autonomy. And just yeah. essentially being trapped in your mind, watching your body do something completely different. And that's just yeah. horrific. Anyway, Wrecker is the perfect choice to be the one who turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's kind I, of the only he's kind of the only one. Like if you were just going to have one, you would have to, uh, he, he's the only one. <laughs> like Tigger. The only one. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one. No, like the reason I also like Wrecker as a choice is like twofolds. One, he's the sweetest baby. And that's like makes it extra heartbreaking because we were talking earlier in the episode about how he really is just a big kid. And he's so sweet and everybody loves him. And he like he would not he he loves blowing shit up, but he would not harm a fly. You know, like he he cares for that for people. And that's like makes it so heartbreaking to watch. But also, he's the Hulk. None of yeah. them are as scary as record turning. Yeah, that's just crazy to watch. Story him wise, just... he's the only one that can, that that it's going to make sense to do because he's a danger to everybody. You know, and I, if I it would, was, I would almost argue Hunter would also be equally as dangerous, but equally as dangerous as you wouldn't see him coming and then you're dead. Yeah. 
Um, but like Wrecker is just this brute force of just inertia and momentum and power and strength of just plowing down people. And we've, we watched him do it over and over again. And yeah, it's, it's so scary to watch. And he, that's why he's such a good choice because I kept thinking of that scene from the first Avengers movie where it's Black Widow running down a hallway and you see the Hulk behind her like crashing through things. That's all I could think about when Wrecker was like running after Omega was like that scene of the Hulk chasing down Black Widow in in the first Avengers movie. Um, I I really, and I kind of talked about this a little bit in season one, but, uh, or act one I should say, um, the relationship of Omega and, and Wrecker really is the heart of this episode. Um, I like the book ending of the fancy popcorn. Like it, it, it's not gimmicky. It's really sweet. And it's a nice bookend. And she's not like, she's also the one that should be forgiving record because I think like all the other guys would forgive him regardless. Cause they've been through so much shit, but like he definitely scared the shit out of her. And I like that moment when he asks for forgiveness and she gives it and he's still not okay until she brings out the popcorn. So it's really sweet. But it's also a nice parallel to the very first episode because Omega knew what was up with Crosshair. She understood it. And she had that moment sitting with him in the jail cell. And she's like, please don't do what you're going to do. I know it's not your fault. And she pretty much essentially says the same thing with Becker. Like, it wasn't your fault. Like, you were trapped inside your own brain. And I I like that little parallel between... Wrecker and crosshair between this episode, yeah. this episode. No, she's very rational. At the same time, she was also going to shoot him. <laughs> I mean, you know? she would have had to. She would have hated to do it, but. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Um. And my only other I, note I hundred percent think she would have shot him if she had to. I. Ooh, that's a good question. Um. I think it would have been one of those things where. It could be read as a reflex, not a forward-thinking thought. Like, she would have been defending herself, but I think she would have acted on reflex if he just lunged at her. Um, yeah, but she was ready to do it. She, ha- yeah. I mean, she had the gun aimed at him, and she was like, I don't want to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, that scene Which usually so... means, like, I'll shoot you. <laughs> yeah, that that is, that scene is very intense. Yeah. Um. And my only other note is about the ending conversation with Hunter and Rex. On one hand, it really annoys me because really the rest of the season is going to be Hunter waffling for like seven more episodes of just being like, I don't know, Rex. I just kind of want to keep people safe and we're just going to have adventures of the week for like the next seven episodes. And Rex is like, oh, really? Okay. (laughs) But I also feel like that conversation is a big hook for season two. Oh, sure, like, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. they're like Rex is gonna be back, like because because we know season one ends with Hunter being taken, like he's taken by the Empire, he's captured by the Empire. We know that's how the season one ends, and we know they're gonna get Hunter back. It's it's a thing. They're gonna get him back. Um, and no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm confusing my episodes. I'm so sorry. They do get Hunter back because then they go to Camino to capture the rest of them, and then they leave Crosshairs ass behind. Uh, that's sorry. It's like it, it's been a hot minute to watch Bad yeah. Batch, you guys. 
Um, I forgot about that. And so they they leave Crosshair behind. But like I think like Hunter being captured and seeing Crosshair and watching Camino get destroyed, like I think that's his wake up call. Just like we can't just waffle. We gotta do shit. <laughs> and I think one of the first things we're gonna see in season two is them calling up Rex, like, hey, what you doing? And he's gonna be like, Well, I'm glad you asked come help me and i think that's gonna like all this entire end conversation is like the hook of season two and the plot oh, for sure for sure yeah but that's all i have for this episode do you have anything else i do not all right chris score it up for me it's it's a good episode it's it's a little inconsistent and it's kind of a housekeeping episode um, and, and I think it's a little unfortunate that like all the housekeeping is sort of Rex is sort of brought, like, so all the Rex is used for the most part for, for house cleaning and, uh, but, but other, it's a good episode. I get, I gave it an eight, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think the most inconsistent episode, but it's got some really, I mean, it's got some beautiful looking stuff. It's got some good stuff story-wise going on. It's just a little Visually and story-wise, it's a little, little inconsistent. Um, I like this episode too. I feel the same way about everything. I I don't feel as much of inconsistent. I feel like it's it's definitely a needed episode, especially the way they've been building Wrecker as like the coming Hulk monster for so many episodes. Um, my my big thing that keeps it from being scored higher because I was like, if they would have taken out that water monster. And use that time to put it towards, like, character stuff and quieter moments and, like, having conversations and stuff like that. I would have easily scored this a 9.5. Because I actually really do like this episode. Oh, well, now, uh, come on. It's got Rex, it's got Rex yeah, in it. So, yeah, you know. and it's, it's like, the whole third act with Wrecker is just chilling. It's, it's a chilling moment. And it's, it's hard to watch. And it's, like, so heartbreaking. But... That water and it's monster. a payoff that actually lives up to all the, the many hype. episodes of hype that they've been putting on it. So yeah, yeah, it's really well done. But that that three minutes of shoehorned in plot about water monster is just so disappointing because it takes away from what could have been a really powerful episode talking about other stuff that really needed to be talked about. So uh, I did score it higher than you. I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. It's not quite a 9, but it's also better than like an 8.5 for me. Like, I, I really like a lot of things, but it didn't quite hit that 9 for me. But it's still higher than some of the 8.5s I've given this season. So, well, I think uh, this might be my lowest score this season, actually. I don't know. Didn't you have a 7.5? I know you scored weirdly low in the Cut LeQuain episode because I wanted to throw something at you. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe. You'd yeah. have to double check, but I, I'd have to double check. But um, as always, though, we would love to hear your feedback on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. You know, I haven't checked our Apple Podcast in a while. I should to see if we have any reviews because it helps people find the show. Yeah. Um, and this week, our feedback comes from Facebook for our final episode of Mandalorian season one redemption take it away Chris all right the first one's from Aaron Henley and he says one of the best season finales in television history period yeah well season two says hold my blue milk uh, I, actually, I I would I actually <laughs> think the season one finale is better than the season two finale 
hope hot tag. But I also was not excited to see Luke fucking Skywalker. I was just like, oh, uh, hey. Yeah. I, w- I was on team Ezra Bridger for that one. Like, I... Uh. Like, because there were so many rumors about a Jedi coming back, and I was like, Ezra, 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 Ezra. And then I saw the green lightsaber, and I was like, Ezra, 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 Ezra. And then it was like deep fake Luke, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, nah, nah, like, I, I I, do think the season one finale is way better than the season two finale. But we'll get there, you know, when we finish We're on, the, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> there. All right. Next one comes from Paul C. Kelly. Ooh, yeah. You guys mentioned when the stormtroopers talk at the beginning of the episode, one of them said, oh my God, and Chris was surprised to hear a real world reference. I don't recall that specific phrase said before in Star Wars, but I do recall Han Solo saying that we'll see you in hell after he was just told us Tauntaun will freeze. That's true. Before he reaches the first marker in Empire Strikes Back. I will say something they started they, they started doing. Um, I don't know if there's other places, but I have noticed it in the High Republic. One of the characters, Orla Jirini, says, like, what in seven hells is this? And I was just like, ah, oh, they have at least seven hells. Um, and, and And in Hope thing, to get around the whole oh my god thing, Hope in her fan fiction writes oh my gods, plural, as in multiple gods in this galaxy. So Hope gets around that in her fan fiction. And that is the end of Notes for Charles this week. <laughs> but, you and know, I, I, I will say, I will say, sorry, I'm sorry, Paul, I know we're reading your feedback, but um, I was having a conversation with Charles oh, yeah. at, earlier in the week, and there's all these rumors about a High Republic show, and Charles is like, I am so excited if there is going to be an animated High Republic show, and I was like, yeah, because then Chris will know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sort of. <laughs> All right, continue. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then the last Jedi, a bunch of pilots say Godspeed. Right, Definitely throws me off because when that is mentioned, because I thought their God is kind of like the Force, but I guess maybe there's a God in Star Wars universe, LOL. I guess to some people, the Force could be what their reference to God or whomever one's religion might have as a supreme being. Witches of Dathomir may have a different interpretation. Oh, yeah, definitely, of the Force. We need the Witches of Dathomir in live action. Oh, hell yeah. They were mentioned in Boba Fett, so maybe they will show up. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. That, that's a good sign in a Dave Filoni venture, anyway. So, there's also something cool um, in canon and there is such thing called the Church of the Force. It first showed up in The Force Awakens. Like, that's what um, the Santeca old man at the beginning with Poe, he's a member of the Church of the Force. And they are a group of non-Force users who, are, who in a way, are, like, spiritual and, um, like, follow the ways of the Jedi, even though they're not, like, Force users and stuff like that. And I just, I think that's a really kind of, like, an interesting thought. And I, I think... I th- hope it's, I'm going to throw this out. I think, I think that's what Chirrut and Baze were in Rogue One, were members of the Church of the Force, but I'd have to double check and look it up because I don't remember for sure. Anyway, Candy. Did you know Michael Jackson put the Force in one of his songs? Is this don't a dirty... stop till you get enough? No, no. I, 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 I was listening to the song and someone goes, this is actually a Star Wars song. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, 
Michael Jackson saw Star Wars and then he went back to the song and added the word the force into it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's the line is uh, the force. It's got a lot of power. Oh, and uh, and there's another line. Power. Oh, power is the force, the vow that makes it happen. It asks no questions why. It's been a hot minute since I've listened to any Michael Jackson. I did listen to Thriller recently because I was just like, oh. It's in. It's in the. It's you know the the. I don't know if you're familiar with that song, but you go keep out with the force, don't stop. So there's. Oh yeah, he, you're right. But it, but it, he it whips right through. So I never noticed it in the last forty years of listening to that song. So huh. that was cool. You know it's awesome. Anyway, candy. So if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a big old weirdo. So his co-pod, his co-podcaster oh. Dario for Eat and Beat It sends us candy from all over the world to review. And today we have the Kit Kat Gold from Spain, and it's a gold. Oh, it is gold. It's it's and, a blondie. Ah, I'm dropping my stuff. Um. Oh my God! Smell it! Smell it! I have to open it. I dropped it. I had to like get it out from under my desk. Oh, where do you smell it? Oh my God! Smell the Kit Kat. Holy shit! It smells like caramel and chocolate. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Oh. Yep. Oh, it's good. Oh, my God. It's oh my very God. good, but I got to say, I like the smell is even better. The smell is so strong. and it's It smells so strongly of caramel, which you can definitely taste the caramel, but there's... So there's what it's, it's a caramel flavor, but it's not the gooey caramel. There's not a gooey caramel layer like in a Twix or something. Well, well here's the mm. thing. So you have the mm. wa- wafer well, on the outside. Hold on, you have the wafer on the inside, and then the top of the Kit Kat is like a like a cream-looking caramel. But the it's like bottom blonde color. It looks like a blondie um, brownie. But the, but the bottom is chocolate. Like there's a layer of chocolate on the bottom, and the chocolate definitely overwhelms the caramel flavor. Mm-hmm. But the caramel comes first, and then the chocolate comes in after it. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Mm, Dario. Good job, Spain, and good job, Dario, man. Thank you for this mm. one. Mm. This is the best Kit Kat I've had in a while. I don't know. The key lime one that we had a few weeks ago. Oh, really the good. key lime ones are good, yeah. The, the, that key lime Kit Kat. I immediately got off my podcast with you and took it downstairs, and I was like, Dad, eat this right now. Because <laughs> my dad loved key lime butt pies. And I was like, Dad, you must eat this Kit Kat right now. <laughs> The, the key lime pie is still probably my favorite one that we've had. Have so you ever, have you guys ever like gone to the grocery store and and got key lime juice and made key limeade? It's so good. I'm mm. sure I said that during that episode, but make your dad mm. some key limeade. Some mm. of the ones we have from Japan too, like I really like the cherry blossom ones we have, and I really mm-hmm. love the matcha ones. But I just I love green tea and I love matcha, so I I really like the matcha Kit Kats we had a couple years ago too. I this is like getting the caramel, but without having to to like. Dig it out of your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> That's very good. Thank you so much, Dario. We love you. Be careful now because you're flight attending and well. I you know I'm recording with Dario on on Saturday, so I uh, I'll I'll find out how he feels about that. Mm-hmm. Because people don't have to wear masks anymore, and I'm very scared. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Be careful on the planes. We love you, Dario. Anyway, that's. All I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? No. All right, Chris. Well, where can people find you? 
you can find me at our website, which is called twotruefreaks.com. And you just type in twotruefreaks.com and there you'll be. And you can see all our podcasts there that are coming out. And you can go back and look at everybody's past histories of podcasts. All the stuff that like a podcast website would do. That's that's what you would do. And if you're also inclined, you can go to Facebook. And we've got the Two True Freaks podcast page on Facebook. And the Two True Freaks Cantina hangout spot. And before quick, before Elon Musk buys it up, you can go to Twitter and uh you, you can uh i'm so salty about that <laughs> you can you can um you can see uh, uh billionaire money bags gene gene the golden machine you don't know how salty i am about that gene <laughs> yeah don't be salty about it it's just elon musk getting the story and the thing to, to play with his stock prices and twitter he ain't gonna buy twitter He's just a doofball. He's just an idiot. Ah, let me amend that. He's just a fucking idiot. A fucking idiot. And if it was a mega saying it, she'd be like, he's a heckin' idiot. I I hate Twitter so much that I'd be happy if he bought it and watched the... Watch it. Watch the... No, but I live there. I hate it. I hate it. I was on there the, today to the other day to look up stuff that was happening on my favorite favorite radio host's downfall, and uh, and then I was just like, oh yeah, I remember why I hate this place. Bing, and I was gone in a puff of smoke. Anyway, that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at uh i I was not paying attention i was on a completely different thing uh you can find me at jguys and jedi on twitter i run our twitter account you can also find me at hope molinax on twitter as long as elon Musk doesn't buy it um and as i talked about a lot at the opening of the show you can find me over at the geeky waffle writing reviews about amphibia and owl house and by the time this comes out i should have already talked to matt freely and now i'm freaking out again and i'm so excited are you recording it like a podcast or are you gonna record it and we're gonna be and then transcribe it i to my knowledge i still don't know how the final product will come out but we're going to be using StreamYard, which is what we use to record podcasts with. But we'll also have video. And I think we have the okay to also put the interview on YouTube. So it will be podcast and YouTube. Um, Excellent. So, which means we'll probably have some kind of post on the website as well. Um, but I'm stupidly excited and I'm going to vomit afterwards. And it's great. And I'm going to be so happy. And I can't wait. And I'm nervous as I'll get out. And it's going to be fine, guys. It'll be fine. <laughs> but I'm so excited. And I can't wait. All right. Well, here's to, here's to no vomiting. How about that? Yeah. 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 Um, so by the time this episode's out, go check it out because it should be out by now. And I'm freaking out. So go look at me talking to Matt Freely. So. Chris, do you know what next week's episode is? I know, I know, I, I, I know who's back, but I don't remember the name of the, the episode. So not only is Crosshair back in next week's episode, which is called Reunion, it has a certain standoff at the end with a certain oh, bounty yeah. hunter. Oh yeah! Oh, okay, with I remember some, now. 
with that music too, man. Oh, yeah. Which actually, now that I think about it, that's going to be really interesting to see Cad Bane back next week because he also showed up in Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, yep. I, it's Star Wars. It rhymes. <laughs> I was literally, I was, I was actually more excited with this because it happened first, maybe. But yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I love. I'm just gonna say it now. I love that standoff scene. The music in that scene yes. is so fucking good. So I can't wait to see it because I that scene still gives me chills to this day. I remember exactly where I was when I watched it because I was dog sitting and I just like looked at the dog and I was like, "Are you <laughs> seeing this shit?" And the dog was like, "Burr," and I was like, "We'll walk you in a minute, dog." <laughs> like I remember exactly where I was. So, um, yeah, so come back next week and we're going to talk about Reunion. Crosshair's back, but more importantly, Cad Bane and my boy Toto360. I love Toto. He's my favorite. My favorite droid. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, I know I to do that. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Okay, listen to this. Everyone on Sesame Street is always talking about love. Yuck.